Very interesting. Hey, Kumbe, you can actually do a whole masterclass on this topic. Um, <laughs> but with that as well, let's circle back to something I said earlier, that positioning. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you talked about how even you seeing guys going abroad, you knew that even for you, you need to strategic, strategically position yourself because I said, sometimes what's in a name? Sometimes if you have just that you went to a certain school, it just gives you, as I said, that credibility and trust that people are more willing to listen to you to give you certain positions just because of the institutions you have attended, the people you know. Sometimes not the, necessarily the hardest worker gets uh, the best job or gets the best positions, but the ones who, you know, thought ahead. And that's clearly you. So talk to me about positioning, how you've been, how you knew that for what you want in the future, there are certain positions you need to be in, the certain rooms you need to be in. So that way. So how did you come to this awareness and how is it going for you in your journey? Yeah. Um, I could give you context. Uh, when I was home last, I reached out to a certain... When is that? That was like last December. Yeah. Oh, uh huh. So, so I was doing, I was doing, I was doing work while remotely in Kenya, but then I also reached out to a couple of financial institutions, and I was like, "Oh, hi, my name is Eugene. Uh, these are my credentials. Um, I'm I've, I've studied finance in, from Wharton, and my expectation was like, and I I even told them like upfront, I'd like an unpaid position to learn, and I can tell you." most of them were unsuccessful. So in essence, uh, this is me offering free labor and uh, good expertise, but there are still not as many opportunities as you'd expect. Mm -hmm. So that was a wake up call for me. It was like, in as much as you're getting pretty much the best education, the world has to offer. There's also the people's aspect that people definitely downplay. Where, mm -hmm. if you don't have good networks and if you don't position yourself with good people, then there's some roles that ultimately you won't be considered even if you're the smartest person in the room or you're most qualified. And this is just yes. how the world works. So in essence, mm -hmm. then I had to pluck up my game, get into rooms, uh, <laughs> start learning how to play golf, and just <laughs> meet a lot of people, you know? Uh -huh. Meet a lot of people. And that's what people don't understand. Like, the biggest, uh, the biggest resource you have is, like, the people you know, the people surrounding you. It's the human capital. Yes. Because in essence, if, if you're not in rooms where decisions are being made, then you need to have someone in that room who can vouch for you and can say, this, this guy has needs to be on the roadmap and I think he's the best person for this and who can argue for you. That's Those are the people we call your sponsors, people who can put in a case for you, argue for you, and through their credibility or the stand they have or how they're revered in the in the industry, then your name gets out there. It's, it's what you yes. call Godfathers in, in, in a way. So that for me was a wake up call. I was like, ah, even though even though I'm I'm, I'm learning and uh, I, I I'm I'm willing to like engage with the system, I need to find a way to position myself 
better that for such roles, I don't need to cold email. I need to make calls, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that stems from like your schoolmates, your classmates, people you, you studied with. And also you need to look at people who are making moves in the industry. And I think LinkedIn is a good, is a, is a good resource for that. Every day people are out here posting, um, I'm excited to start a new role in a certain, yes. in a certain company. I've been promoted in a certain company. I keep track of those people. Mm-hmm. Especially people I'm interested in or CEOs I'm interested in, wherever they move, I keep track of those people. Just because I want to understand like, how are they getting these roles? What's, what are the skills that they had in their previous roles that are transferable here? And then how can I make myself known to them? Yes. And in a way that has always come from a point of like, oh, I'm doing this. This is a research I'm doing. This is a fact set I'm doing. Would you mind uh, providing like a little bit of context to, to, to my research and stuff like that? Uh, sometimes it could be invitation to like conferences that we have here. And if, if I know they're in the, in the country you're visiting, I'm like, yeah, would you mind giving a talk? And yeah, so essentially you just find uh, ways to position yourself in a mutual and symbiotic kind of relationship where you're learning from them, you're leveraging their expertise, but they're also taking note of you as you grow. Cause then they're like, yes. oh, you're still in school. Okay. So what are you doing? Uh-huh. So when do you graduate? Okay. So what, where are you, where are you working after you graduate? So essentially you're, you're already at the back of their minds. Like, oh, there's a person I know in, in a certain industry working here and here and here. And let's see how they grow and progress. If we need to tap into their skill set at one point. And then when yes. the time, you need to be ready. Ah, interesting. So as well, you actually talked about you learn by observation. So from your observations, just mm-hmm. on that point, how have you been, what have you noticed that um, for some of these people, they've been able to, of course, uh, live life in crescendo and always get these roles and mm-hmm. get better. Because as someone said, only the monkeys at the bottom of the forest complain yeah. there are too many monkeys in the forest. So while in the same Kenya, ma- Kenyan market, the people who are complaining there are no jobs and mm-hmm. the people who are tamaking, there are people who are constantly headhunted and actually being asked, how much do you want us to pay you for yeah. you to be on this role for you to be the CEO here. So for from observation, what do you think that some of these people do that make them stand out and differentiate from their peers and uh, just in the market? I think uh, one, you also have to, you have to find a way to show your expertise and you have to like plaster them on a wall where everyone would, would know. Um, I'll give you an example. Say for example, you've gone to your N and done economics, right? Mm-hmm. And someone else has done economics and has done ALX, has done McKinsey in Africa. Those are just programs, unpaid, but you get to learn and network with the with the individuals in those offices and in those companies. And uh, probably they've gone out of their way to make sure that they've done ACCA from Strat. It's not like um, that's their best option but that's the needed or that's like how people will perceive you as qualified you see yes. in this in, in in this two scenarios we have the same the same like accolades from the same university but one of them has gone a step hard 
step further to like increase the expertise in in different sets and in 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 ways that look more job oriented so a lot of companies mm-hmm. have programs that are pro bono or they have talks or they have conferences where they have like oh we have a week where you can come and learn from our division or we have a week where you can come and do this and this and this or we have an open youth conference for people that's where you meet all these people and start engaging with them i think yes. from a perspective it's more of like if i'm not getting paid there's no way i can i can put myself out there and i feel that is bad as well because you can't pay people with exposure it's yeah it's 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 unlawful i'd say but then you also yeah. have to consider do you have if you if you play it in the long run and you understand like i'm going to do i'm going to go here and this is going to be for one to showcase my my work my work ethic and and that i'm reliable to get good recommendations and to also tap into like the customer pool of that company if there are potential people that can hire you or you also tap into the people you're working with is like do you know anyone in a certain company and they are hiring would you mind connecting me to with those people cuz that's what it entails there's a, the demand is already so high and the supply is limited so if we if we get people based on meritocracy then that would be the first role but then if you have if you get people from meritocracy and they also have an essence of trust and reliability attached to it they're more likely to get more roles and because these people are few then you get these people are always had hunted it's always like oh uh polycap has left this company to this other company to this other company and these companies are outrightly not um the same type of companies you know could be oil yes on finance but it's because we know this guy can deliver so anything that we need to teach him we will teach him but we just need a person at the helm who would ensure that the work get gets done yes so, yeah in in essence people need to know that you can get things done and the only way you can do that is finding opportunities where you can prove yourself in that capacity yes yeah but with that as well um you also talked about sometimes you want to have those opportunities you're emailing them telling them i'm coming to work for you guys pro bono mm-hmm. but uh, they still not getting your foot into the door so how do you go fast around that but as well Mm, talk to me about um uh we're definitely at the age where we want to learn so much as you said we need to be mm. sponges where you are absorbing as much as you can in the shortest time possible because it's a yeah. very dynamic world things are changing time and time again and you also need to also be upgrading your skill set time and time again so with that oh, what is your take on you know the whole debate of uh, uh taking the unpaid internships Mm-hmm. So when do you know when to take an, an unpaid internship? Because I said sometimes the value you'll get from something is not even monetarily, mm-hmm. but it can pay off monetarily in the long run. So if you've got in the right networks, if you've got in the right, you know, sponsors, then definitely in the long run, it'll account for all these times you did um, the unpaid work. But then there are times you know that these ones are just outrightly exploiting me and I need to get fair remuneration for my skills mm-hmm. and for my time. So... What is the balance? Uh that's a good question actually. And it varies from case to case, I'd say. Uh there are people who don't have the leeway to take 
an unpaid internship, especially if it's costly, where you need to groom, dress up in a certain way, you need to come to the role, come to, to the workplace, and you also need to deliver uh, at work. But in essence, I feel like if it's if there's a way you could find a way to do the internship and something else that gives you some level of income so that you put your, your name or you showcase your skill set or you just have it in writing that I've worked for this company and I did a good job and I have recommendations to show for it, then they can go a long way in helping you secure a good job and kickstart your career. Mm -hmm. I feel if you if I feel if you do a good job and you always negotiate for yourself, you could get yourself to a paid point. And that's one thing um, I think our education system doesn't teach us, especially from back home. It's how do you plead your case or how do you show your value and attest it? So essentially, yes. you could get into these roles and find out the job that is the most tasking and the job that makes you dependent could be just filing everything in order and then you put it in a way that you're the only one who knows it. Yes. You know, in essence, if you come back like after three months and you tell them, uh, hey, manager, or you just tap, tap into one, one key person in the leadership position who can influence uh, orders or certain policies, you reach out to them and it has to be a candid, a candid conversation and be like, I've worked for you guys for three months. I believe my work is good. If there is a way you could pay me this amount to cover my costs, then I'd consider it. You see? So that's one yes. approach to it. Another approach is also seeking out people who would leverage your expertise. A lot of the companies that people work for, um, they're easy. They they are much more willing to take you up for a role after you've worked for another company. No yes. one ever your first role. It's a, let someone take a bet on you. And then once they certify you're good to go, we like, yes, you know, so essentially you can use that as, as, as a, as a, as a, as a negotiation tactic as well. You can be like, mm. while you're still doing an internship, seek out other roles. And now you have this in the bag and you're like, this is the experience I'm having. This is what I've learned so far. And that could be after a period of three months, six months, nine months or a year. Mm -hmm. be like, I'd like to join your farm. And this is the work I've done here. Have people who can attest to your skill set and use that. If in essence, your, your aim is to remain at this company, you'd be like, oh, I'd like to go and learn from this other company. They've offered this much. If you're valuable to them, they'll definitely consider you now for a paid position. But then people consider you for paid position when there's competition for you. So you just yes. have to find a way to show your worth and show that you're valuable to many other more corporations and not just this one. Because essentially yeah. when, when you can't show that, people have the leeway to like, oh, we're the only one who chose to hire you. So we can just uh, get rid of you at will. But then if you, are, if you are a valuable asset, then people then are much more mindful of what you have to offer and how they can keep you in the office or keep you with them for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
Oh, that's actually very insightful. Hey, I told you, you actually need to start that masterclass because clearly you're an expert in this field. And uh... it's a, it's harder when you're on this other side because that's everything. Um, so for like, if you work on Wall Street, uh, you a lot of you sign NDAs, so you have to find a way to like negotiate your salary, uh, get the highest paid value. Sometimes you might not even know there's a highest paid value. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So essentially, you just have to find a way to learn what other people are getting or what's what, what's my worth in the in the job market and can I leverage that to get to a position I'd want to be. And once you have that in mind, you'll always be looking out for opportunities to learn, grow, or just do something independent that will also in, increase your your expertise or technicalities in a certain field so with the guys signing NDAs and not discussing uh some of those details have mm -hmm. you ever felt like at some point you've shortchanged yourself yeah 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 <laughs> tell me about <laughs> it um i think it's uh, across the uh, along the way you kind of lose bits and bits of yourself essentially when you're starting off because in in this role you also have to there's a lot of power play you know yes and you know when not to shine your master when to do the bidding when to be quiet and essentially in a in in a system like the u.s where you have white people and black people heavily connotated then you also have to i have to prove my myself twice as much as compared to my peers to for people to have the confidence that I can do the job, I can do it better, and to even give me the trust that okay, he can have full autonomy on this role. Mm. You see? So that 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 might be different back home because the the racial divide is not as much, but then the tribalistic divide is there. Yes. So in, in a way you have to also try and do your best and also you need to understand what's the what's the politics in the workplace and mm. how it affect you how does that influence you um a book people should read is uh is by an indian woman who was the former uh ceo of pepsico coming from india and running uh running pepsi and what she says is like you need to understand the politics but don't play into it and the last one is do the task everyone finds boring or I don't want to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And if it's in if it's in a field that you're good at, say for example, if it's finance, which is building models, doing Excel sheets and coming up with slides and preparing a whole deck on a stock, then if that's something people don't like doing, even your boss doesn't like doing it become a master a masterful skill um skiller in that like role or that that thing that people don't like doing in the farm yes become incredibly good at it and that will put you indoors where you can now do things you like because essentially yes. you'll be a go-to person for that thing so find ways where you can be dependable where you occupy a niche mm -hmm. don't don't just go to places where you're you're a joy rider or you're just going with the flow because then when it comes to like cutting down like costs 
the people who are considered average or joy riders with no particular niche go first yes yeah what's the name of the book uh let me find it one moment oh it's called my life in full my life in full i look for it my life in full Wow, but I'm sure it's very spot on. But even just take the, the conversation lighter. Talk to me about your now new love for golf. How is that going for you? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> golf is actually, Don't forget to mention the inexpensive sport. I know you work yeah. at Wall Street, but tell, tell us the truth. <laughs> Honestly, I think I might choose another one. Something like tennis. <laughs> yeah, I do tennis. I don't want to recommend any day. But anything, anyway, I I still love basketball. Uh, ah, really? Uh huh. I still love basketball. I enjoy it. Uh, I think golf. Golf comes when you can you can play golf nicely when you have the time. But now when, yeah. when you're still hustling, golf just becomes. I mean, it's you can just do it for fun, learn on your own whenever you can. But it's essentially. Golf is just to put you in 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 areas and positions where people of money and power are. Yes. Yeah. So if you can get to golf courses, you'll be surprised that the caliber of people you meet, their networks, mm-hmm. and the conversations they're having. Yes. Not everyone has the same the same opportunity, but technically, just try to find ways you can connect with high value people in different settings. Because more often than not, it won't be in the usual environments that we are accustomed to, like, say, a club or, like, church. If you're looking to talk business and growth, you you need to find those spaces where like-minded people go to grow. And trust me, there's so many. Yes. Yeah, so many, so many. So find those, put yourself out there. Um yeah, I, I think that's basically it. You're, you 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 chart your path, so find different ways to accelerate that that journey, and do 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 something. Try it one two times. It works. It doesn't. Re-strategize. Do something else. Yeah, until you you come to a point where you're learning and you're growing and you're also increasing your human capital, where people can now tap into you when they need people for certain uh positions or to solve certain problems yeah yeah as as someone said business deals are made on the golf course and uh, <laughs> in a profession someone said the good lawyer knows the law the greatest lawyer knows the judge the, with the judge yeah so very interesting and also guys as well that all these things are investment not yeah. that we have all that money to throw, but yeah. you, you, as you earlier talked, that you just position yourself in positions where you want that this investment at the end of the day will pay for itself. Like today morning, I was playing uh, tennis. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know tennis is such an intense sport, but I got to play <laughs> with the governor. Yeah. Of, so I'm just, you know, very, I didn't even expect it. It's yeah. just that we're playing and on the same court, it's just, you know, let's do one round together. And yeah. uh, you see some something so full circle that you don't even expect, but it happens organically and very naturally vis-a-vis someone who, you know, you wanted to make, it becomes more mechanical where you want to go to his office and, uh, you know, because some people are going to his office, so 
you want to be yeah. different, as you said, and carve out that niche for yourself. So even as we, yeah. So even and as you we end for, up, yeah, uh-huh. it's even for for uh, in a position like you are in, yeah. Yes. It means now you you could be tennis buddies, right? Yes. So in essence, if you ever need someone to like represent him or be like, oh Billy, we have this bill and I need someone to like look at it independently of all this noise I have in my office. Yes. Go read through everything, read through the policy, see if it makes sense, play devil's advocate for me, and give me counsel uh as you deem fit. That is a lot you landed just because of being in the in the environment and you've shared you like it's it's funny for men 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 become um men trust each other from very absurd things like sports food like yes <laughs> it's very we can't we sit down and say you did let's talk about you know yeah. our problems we have to yeah. be in those yeah uh-huh. <laughs> it's natural organic places where you compete you know yes he beats you this head the next set and he's like ah i like this guy I like i like competing with him what yes. else he? oh he's a lawyer ah i'm looking for for someone to do this and this and this so in essence i think people should be open to like investing um time and money in themselves if you don't invest in yourself then no one will and when you invest in yourself you grow your brand you grow your network you, you also grow your network people perceive you yes. differently by the way you present yourself yes so the rooms you'll enter just because of like how you groomed how you spoke and the way you spoke and how you articulated your thoughts and people would love that about you so in essence if you invest in, if you invest in yourself like you grow all aspects of your life like physically mentally and your career wise also the people you talk to the number the type of people you'll talk to will also be of high caliber and they'll yes. also, yeah, they'll sharpen you, in essence. Yes, that's yeah. so true. Because someone said you're you're your own biggest investment. <laughs> that as you clearly put it, that ukweli sometimes you just enter the rooms just because of how you dressed, how you looked. Especially for a game, a place like Kenya, where of course um, everyone will judge you, will judge the book by its cover. You want yeah. to, you know, put your best foot forward in all these fora. That yeah. way, you don't just disqualify yourself before anyone else has disqualified you. So, of course, dressing well. I think even when I tell guys to be fit on Instagram, it's just a matter of, you know, game of perception. I think people who look better probably get more opportunities. The halo effect comes into play properly, you know. There's, and there's actually research it, into it. There's actually Really? Research. Yeah. Like, people uh-huh. who look better and uh, people who look better are physically fit tend to get more roles. Yes. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I'll find the paper. I'll send it to you. It's, it's something we discussed in class. Um, it's it's uh. I'll find that paper. It, it talked about how one you need to be fit. How someone like Zuckerberg will 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 build a brand around karate or Muay Thai. Um, people play golf because people are people correlate physical fitness to a higher state of mental fitness the the study was about like one dressing and also physical fitness and uh went around looking at ceos one arguable subject was like zuckerberg how he's reinvented himself from the typical nerd 
to someone doing Muay Thai, doing crazy deadlifts. Um, he's done a lot of army, like a lot of calisthenics. And mm -hmm. in correlation, Meta has also outperformed this year as he's reinvented mm. his increased productivity. He's become cost effective. So in a way, people like the rationale is like, if you're disciplined enough to maintain a certain aspect of your physique, then you're mentally fit as well to tackle hard challenges. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Send me that article. I'd love to, you know, explore it further. Yeah. Because that's actually very interesting. So that's why I always tell guys, all this is a game of positioning. You want to be, <laughs> you know, you don't want to disqualify yourself yet. You can, you because even in terms of even clothing, mm -hmm. someone says that people who are fitter in terms of you, you look, okay, not fitter, but your physique is good, your clothes complement you better than if you look some type of way. So yeah. why not, especially if you're young, why not aspire? Because the halo effect really, I thought it only works for ladies who are beautiful, but I've seen clearly that even men yeah. uh, are beneficiaries to that halo effect. Especially if you're not a blue-eyed boy, and you are taking marrying yourself to, you know, you don't have those right networks from your folks, then Oji Kakamwe to do your best. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think someone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry. So, what people think is like you have to, you have to have like a particular, people have a, a vision in mind of how fitness looks like, which is very ribbed or with a six pack and everything else. But people forget it's a process. Yes. People tend to see the process rather than the results. People are likely to see, okay, this person has been working out. He shows up every single day. And for them, it's more of like, wow, if they're doing this, then I can, I can attest they're doing, they can also take up the role and work towards it. Cause it's not, mm -hmm. it's not something that you finish and then you check off or now I'm fit. I'm not working out. It's, it's good. Yes still have to do it every single day. That that's actually very true now that you speak about it. Because even just looking at myself, I've seen that uh, there are times when I'm just being consistent in the gym. I'm not seeing anything different happening in my body. Yeah. But guys will be like, wow, you know, you look more toned, more even though even me, I'm just like, that's a lie. But as you said, <laughs> if they're seeing the process, they feel yeah. Like you're actually doing something, you know? Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's showing and, up every day, technically. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, the power of compounding. You can't, mm -hmm. we can't uh, deny that, of course, the small steps you make every day lead to larger effects that in the next one month, you might not see it in the grand scheme of things, but definitely in three months, in the next half a year, you'll definitely see, you know, the rewards. And uh, so even as we wind up for you. Yeah. Uh, lastly, actually two lastlies, mm -hmm. is um, with getting your sponsors, do you feel like you've gotten the right sponsors for you yet? Or are you, is it, wait, I do you seek out your sponsor or does your sponsor seek you out? So are you the one who actively looks for this person will be my sponsor? Or is it not necessarily an initiative from your sponsor, but the ones who actively choose that this boy I'm going to support and uh, be this boy's good father. Not even necessarily consciously, uh -huh. but subconsciously. And uh, lastly would be, are you where you wanted to be 
when uh, you are leaving Kenya? Are you in this right position you wanted to be? Or are you still working towards where you want to be? And do you plan on investing in Kenya soon? Ama, are you like everyone else who just goes and, you know, want I want a green card? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd start with the first one. Uh, I've yeah. had, I have, I'd have, I've had like a both where I've had sponsors seek me out and I've also sought sponsors and this has happened. Like the sponsors that have sought me out are the people I've worked with previously. Yes. So like, oh, there's this opportunity. I think this would be fit for you and I'll put in a good word. Definitely apply and let me know. And then there are mm -hmm. other people that I've had to seek out because I feel like their path is similar to what I want to do. And I'd share that with them. And of course, at first, there's always that point of doubt whether are you just another person who's like here to just add me onto their networks and not grow this relationship, you know? So that becomes yeah. a task. And it's, it's good when people... Uh, when when i've had such a scenario um i haven't been in a place where i have tremendous pressure to engage what i do is once in a while i do a check-in either after a month after two months after three months six months and tell them what i've been doing and for me that check-in is also like an accountable thing where by the time i'm doing the next check-in with this other person I have to let them know the new things that I've done. Mm. That, because say probably I told them, ah, last semester uh, I was doing something in the cardiac unit and I also did this in finance. And that's 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 the new news, right? And then I do mm -hmm. the thing, then it shows there's been a stagnation in a way. So yes. really for me, I try to have like one or two things that I'm going to be working on uh, for the next three months or after this call that I'll let them know the progress or something that I've been doing and how it's been shaping up. So yes. it's now it becomes a point of like, oh, so I'd be like, oh, I'm doing this research. This is where I'm at. These are the challenges I'm facing. I'm thinking about going this through this problem in this way. I don't know what you think. Could you, do you mind giving me another perspective on how to approach this? Or I've done this, programs and i'm thinking of working for this company for this period of time uh yeah i'm interested in meeting these people uh, and i think you share a connection with them do you know them personally or how, how do you how do you think i should reach out what's your opinion that give keeps them at a position where they they now feel like they're contributing to your success in subtle ways yes they're not too demanding yes and over time, they'll be like, oh, I saw this opportunity and uh, I thought about you and I think you'd be suited for this role. Uh, yes. That has actually worked well for me. It's essentially like when you work for people or when you shadow people or when you talk to people, just try to make yourself memorable. And the only way you can make yourself memorable is being genuinely interested in them. Doing yes. Finding out what particular trade are they in what are their expertise? Where did they learn? Where did they go to school? Um, are there projects that they're working on pro bono? Are there conferences that are, they've done? I, like, what can you find out about them? And that's what I call doing the homeworks. Because then when you do that, then your conversation is going to be rich. 
you won't talk about generic things like oh so how did you get there they, they've told that story so many times but then yes ask them about their talk in amsterdam or their talk in at kenya high where they give a talk about women empowerment or their view on economics and it's something that it's very it's they you make them reminisce of the experience and they share it and what people don't yes. know ecological factor people like talking about themselves everyone in the world thinks the world rotates around them so mm. give them opportunity and people feel generally happy that you're interested in them and when they feel that then they become interested in you yes yeah so i hope you're interested in me now <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh-huh yeah. and uh on the other question oh uh I was about investing in Kenya, right? Investing in Kenya, and are you where you want to, are you where you always thought you wanted to be? I'd say I'm not there yet, but I'm making mm-hmm. tangible progress towards it. Uh, yes. And in short term, that would be finishing my degrees in good standing and hopefully among the best in my class uh potentially doing a masters uh while at it and if i can do that i think i'd have pulled a lot of strings that are they're still not like i, I haven't pictured them yet but hopefully that comes to power and comes to happen uh for me kenya is always home and i feel i'm drawn to kenya because whenever i travel or even when I came here, there are certain aspects of Kenya that you would never find anywhere else on earth. The sense of that, that, that culture, home, the nature of the people. And I feel for me, it's more of like a personal initiative. I'd want to come back home eventually to invest in it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually investing in it currently. So I've already started, but to the magnitude that I'd want, I'd want to come and do something good for the finance and healthcare side. So that one, mm-hmm. generate employment opportunities and also just change the politics scene back home. Because we have a lot of resources and uh, it just, if there's a way we could be much more credible and transparent in how we handle things, then everyone wins. I think we, we yes. Yeah, we have we we have a perception that um, if I'm in power, then I have to curtail other people's resources so that I only win, which is wrong. That is not the true ethos of capitalism. If you combine both that and socialism, then you have an, uh, a population that is one, happy, is empowered, can fully cater for themselves, and they uh like there's a there's a higher sense of being so for me i think kenya is at a place where we can achieve that one by generating good opportunities changing the education system to more make it more vocational so like they teach you industry-wide opportunities you know and that comes from just a point of governance if you have good governance that shares a particular dream then people are able to like stick to that path and grow the country. And then when that happens, people back home will be happier. There would be a sense of peace. Um, 
and people will be able to fend for themselves. So that's that's my yes. Guess. Yeah, I'd, I'd 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 love to change a lot of like the economic situation back home. I won't do my listeners justice if I don't ask you this last last question. Mm-hmm. On for you, how do you finally decide to do the intersectionality between finance and nursing? Basically, those are two very rigorous uh, courses. So for you, how do you finally decide to, you know, do all that? Because that must be crazy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Actually, before this uh, podcast, I just came from like uh eight-hour rotation. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which rotation are you doing? Uh, cardiac. Cardiac unit. Uh-huh. In the surgery. So, uh starts at six till uh, around one. But I kind of left early because I had done a couple of hours before. Yeah, so essentially, uh for me, I w- I'm interested in healthcare. But I didn't want to be a frontline worker alone, you know, because yes. from what I had seen, like in hospital and on both systems is doctors and uh, the people working in the hospital, so long as they are paid, they don't like, there's that overarching view of how the whole system should be run uh, completely eludes them, you know. I mean, they have a say, yes. but then they don't have a way to influence it. Like, say, for example, if you know this unit is understaffed and you mm-hmm. can't tell management, this unit is understaffed, so we are not caring for the patients as well as we would want to. You see, like, there's, there's that dysfunction between management and the people on the ground sometimes. Yes. I'm, I'm just concerned about the profits. How much are we getting from insurance? How many patients are we operating in a day? How much revenue is this? And how can we cut costs? So like reduce the amount of preventative measures that you're doing. Let's just go to treating and be done with it. So it's it becomes yes. so for me, I when when I applied to Penn, this is the only program I think the US has that has a cross section of both healthcare, where you can take a route to either become a nurse, a doctor, a practitioner, or anesthetist. And you can still have like full economic prowess because of doing finance and what I'm doing, healthcare management as well. So that was very uh, attractive to me because I wanted that. I wanted to like understand what happens in the rooms with the patients bedside and then have a big picture of how like, now how does all these factors across these units, rooms affect how we deliver healthcare and how profitable healthcare is and how can you strike a balance in between where you have patients are getting the best outcomes while you're making money and it's not yes it's not cut into 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 to where patients have poor outcomes but you're making profit making money yeah the, the whole purpose of healthcare yes yeah so that that was the aim that was the reason behind it every time i tell the story wow. i have finances mm-hmm. for like that's absurd <laughs> that it is how are you surviving to be honest uh, it's a it's a lot of work not gonna lie but i have i have good friends here so my friends help ease the burden and they keep me accountable so essentially uh, i study a lot and uh but i also get to meet my friends and do fun stuff so that's always like a a way for me to decompress 
And when I go back mm-hmm. at it, I'm, I'm in full swing to put in some good work. But uh, the Eugene who liked going for funkies, does he still exist? Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> ah, at what point in all this that you're doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, you just have to find like a balance. Like you see, like, see, now there's a break coming next week. Me, I'm just, I'm sleeping. I'm just condensing all my work between today and that day. After that, the only time I'm going back at it is Monday. Proper R and R. Yeah, just uh, you just forget, and then now you die again from Monday. You just say, ah, shit, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Yeah. So uh, I let the listeners to us the Bushan and for us of the good, the bad, and the Bushan and tell us all the things they've loved about this episode. I've really enjoyed this conversation. You've you not talked like this properly ever since uh, yeah. you know, we left the school we loved the most. <laughs> hey. So uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We actually need to plan for a part two when you are now less busy. We yeah. do have even, even more conversation because I love conversations that are just geared towards growth and, uh, you know, bettering ourselves, especially as the young people because at times I feel like there's that gap. Sometimes you don't you don't have the right rooms to discuss such things or you're not in the right circles to discuss such things so when i have such conversations it's very refreshing so thank you so yeah mm -hmm. to share the perspective with you i think it's i try as much as possible to tell people to put themselves out there because then no one no one can fight for you the way you can no one knows you that yes better unapologetically and if you fail at least you tried that that should always be at the back of your mind like i put myself out there and that will give you the confidence to go out for more and ah if you if if you believe in good karma or anything or like a higher power i don't think you can fail a hundred times and still uh, it doesn't get there yes you'll succeed at one point you just need to keep at it yes yeah i can go off about the topic about betting on yourself <laughs> uh, but that one we'll do on our part two. So let yeah. the listeners have a lovely week ahead, folks, and uh, cheers. <laughs>